to the Fab Rex Musicology and the Carolina Kid Podcast Network, where music nerdery is served with a side of ratchet. I'm your host, Dad Boy Coot. This episode is brought to you by Toe Jam and Pussy Bacon. Subscribe to the Carolina Kid Podcast Rewired and its other spawn anywhere podcasts are downloaded. Follow in the Rod and Karen Doctrine. Leave a nice five-star review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts and I'll read it on the show. Also, leave me a voice message and donate on anchor.fm slash that boy coot that's anchor.fm slash d-a-t-b-o-y-c-o-o-t sup niggas so we are here today to talk about a group that kind of was heavily part of my childhood i didn't even understand it when i was listening to it right um but like i said the reason why i do this show is because my musical taste is varied right <laughs> I'm not Rolling Stone, I'm not Pitchfork, but there are albums that I heard when I was a kid, you know, um, and they are part of (laughs) the reason why I am such a musical nerd today. So, um, there's a small group out of Dusseldorf, Germany, by the name of Plafuck, and um, they are probably the most inspirational group pretty much for all popular music hip-hop electronic music and they were an electronic music music band um and um they were they were just really way ahead of their time i mean the only other person i can really say electronically that may have been on that same wavelength but not really was delia derbyshire because she she kind of dabbled more in industrial music but uh yeah Klafuk, um man like okay so i heard trans europe express for the first time on the radio <laughs> on 97.1 wqmg right but before that my dad um, my, my, my daddy uh, actually played 
the cassette of Computer World. And this is what I like to call the Honda Prelude Special. Because these are albums that I heard and I was like, what in the world is this? It's funky. But it's 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 literally like super electronic. Sounds like the shit you break dance to. And funny. It's hilarious that, of course, computer world. Niggas was breakdancing <laughs> to damn computer world. <laughs> Like niggas was breakdancing to Rocket, Herbie Hancock, you know, the whole, the future, the future, um, shock album and shit, you know, um, this was another one of those albums, like, but Trans Europe Express kind of like was a, honestly, Autobahn, if you really want to go back, but, um, yeah, like, Klafuck has just an amazing, like, laser focus way before everyone did. They were like four stiff guys from Dusseldorf. And they all <laughs> they all were like hella fucking funky. Man, I, I like the music in the intro and the music in between, you know, the breaks and stuff says it all. If you've never heard Clafuck before, hearing it on this podcast, I hope it opens doors up for you as far as your ear because a lot of people listen to pop music a lot of people listen to hip-hop a lot of people listen to rock but the electronic in its earlier stages is something that's always fascinated me you know i'm a person who listens to a sale to meet or i'm a person who you know listens to wendy carlos walter carlos before the transition um Man, like I'm, <laughs> it's so much stuff. like Raymond Scott when he was doing like intros for commercials. He was just messing around with his electronic machine. That's why a mini Moog to me is one of the coolest instruments ever. Electronic music in its like rawest essence to me is one of the most fascinating things ever. So, and, and that's why, like, when when you hear like synths on a on a hip hop in a hip hop beat or in any any real medium, like when you listen to a Rick Wakeman or like <laughs> you know, it, like because Rick Wakeman makes that like how, how can I how can I say it? It's like that Knights of the Round Table ass music. <laughs> I mean, it's literally like all his themes, you know, his themes, but that sounds dope as shit too, like. You hear it, and and Klafuck is really the essence and beginnings of what that was in a much more organized yet funky way. I feel like Delia Derbyshire was just really sparse and like industrial. Like I said before, she was an innovator in not only electronic music but industrial music. Klafuck really shaped, honestly, all popular music, and um. Yeah, I think I think they still have an impact on me today. I got Computer World on vinyl. My dad had it on cassette, and we listened to Dirty Cassette in the Prelude. But the vinyl is like that's one of my favorite vinyls to have because that album has a personal, like it, it's it, it's personal for me. So um, let's get into Clafuck's legacy and influence. 
and this is gonna be a this is all gonna be from a beautiful like like um a beautiful NPR uh, article so Florian Schneider and Klafuck created Pop's Future it has become a cliche to compare Klafuck to the Beatles but if anything the group's impact has been wider and more enduring during its two decades of prime creativity Klafuck intersected with and influenced a staggering array of genres and phases prog rock glam cloth rock disco post-punk synth pop industrial hip-hop techno and trance that's everything <laughs> like nigga that's everything can we just say that's everything like everything but country like <laughs> just everything but country and maybe even a little bit of country like it's it, it's that vast artists in their debt are likewise bizarrely diverse, ranging from Human League to Spaceman 3, New Order to Stereolab, Prince to Daft Punk, Africa Bambada to Big Black. Florian Schneider, who has now died at the age of 73, was a co-founder of Klafuck. For over 30 years, he produced the group's albums with fellow founder Ralph Hutter, contributor with contributor to <clears throat> writing of songs and lyrics played a number of instruments conceived concepts and devised techniques but in a funny way one of schneider's most significant contributions was his person schneider's alkaline features and smart attire manifested clockworks uttermost Europeanists. <laughs> yeah, they wore like these crazy suits like for the man machine. They all wore like these red suits with these black pants. Like that shit <laughs> it's it's so German. <laughs> it's so German. Like <laughs> I'm a farfic nugan ass nigga. But any <laughs> That was so mean. <laughs> That's so fucked up. But uh, like I drive Volkswagens, we all drive Volkswagens and shit. So I'm, I'm just saying. Um my whole family. I have a Volkswagen. Anyway, so <laughs> Schneider's alkaline features and smart attire manifested Klafuck's uttermost Europeanness. His aura of formality was the seed out of which grew the group's collective image of uniformity and discipline. Establishing distance between themselves and America, Klafuck opened up a future for pop that left rock and roll far behind. Klafuck operated within pop, yet remained somehow apart and above. When 1975, Lester Bangs um, jocularly inquired what kind of groupies Klafuck got, Schneider sternly snapped, none. There is no such thing. <laughs> Dang it, the bitch. <laughs> Dang it, the bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's hella inappropriate. But <laughs> like, they won't they won't get none, bro. Like, just this. He was like, "Hey, man, I'm just being real. Like, we we ain't getting none." So <laughs> he and Hutter's idea of rock star excess was buying lots of bicycles and taking up long distance cycling sometimes racing between cities on tours. Their addiction to this virtuous vice inspired the sinewy or, or sinewy um, 
sign away. I, these, damn it, <laughs> NPR with these words. 1983 single, Tour de France. Drive and discipline is probably something Schneider absorbed from his upbringing. His father, Paul Schneider Esselbahn, or Esselbahn, was a respected architect whose functional buildings and airport redesigns took their bearings from the quote-unquote new objectivity school of the 1920s. The parallel with Klafuck's balance of severity and grandeur is striking. It's almost as if Schneider imbibed minimalism from the ambient attitudes that surrounded him as a child that is weird nigga was like growing up around all of the all all of the like beauty and spectacle and this nigga was like yep i'm just really subdued chilling in the back (laughs) like (laughs) like this is crazy so um it took krafuk a while to arrive at the stark stripped down sound and uniform group image of the classic late 70s albums trans europe express and the mad machine they started in the final years of the 1960s as a post psychedelic progressive long hair and all type of band in 1968 hutter and schneider met at the academy of arts in remscheid remscheid and near dusseldorf where they studied piano and flute respectively. Sharing an interest in improvisation and avant-garde electronics, as well as fondness for the velvet underground, the doors, and the multimedia provocation of Fluxus, they joined with three other musicians and recorded the album Tone Float under the name Organization. It's kind of (laughs) like, I mean, it's funny, like if you look up what the word Kraftwerk means, it's like workstation or power station. Yeah, it's like workstation, I think. Yeah, workstation. It's literally like the most basic ass names. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like they're so like subdued, but they're like so funky with it. Like it's it's so weird. It's that juxtaposition of being like super duper cool, but seemingly uncool. It's 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 a great juxtaposition um while the name foreshadowed the technocratic image to come the <clears throat> the music itself was freeform in typically late 60s style Hutter and schneider developed a strong relationship with tone float producer connie plank which or plank if you whichever way you want to say it which continued when they broke away to form Kraftwerk. They also worked a while with guitarist Michael Rother and drummer Klaus Stinger, which would become, I'm going to say the name right because <laughs> I, everyone pronounces the name of this band wrong, but I'm going to say it right. Neu, Neu, N-E-U exclamation point, Neu. I know a lot of people are like, it's new. No, it's Neuch. It means new in German. There you go. Um, <laughs> at a time when nearly all European bands had English names and sang English lyrics, the choice of Klafuck's name as a name <laughs> was a statement. 
Um, for many years, Huthard and Schneider used German song titles. They would also play stereotypes of a German genius for order and efficiency because it's the German engineer. Always. It's like the German engineer stereotypes. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> so, starting with the name Klafuck itself, which means power plant. Um, Schneider talked in interviews about how the clipped precision of Klafuck's music had a relationship with the natural or the national character and the quote-unquote feeling of our language. Our method of speaking is interrupted, hard edge, and a lot of consonants and noises. <laughs> oh, man. Like, it, it's, it's interesting. Here it is, because I'm like, man, this, this speaks into, like, the whole demeanor that they've had. Like, if you've ever seen like go to youtube and watch one of their like just one of their like uh concerts or watch a music video like the man the, um the robot uh man machine uh video where you know they, they literally like it's the same just really like subdued toned down like movements but like funky as shit like that's just it, it just keeps being funky nigga like you got planet rock from these niggas i'm just saying <laughs> Africa band body in the soul sonic force. You got planet rock from this shit, bro. Like I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like I'm I'm telling you, like this shit was funky <laughs> as fuck. Um, but <clears throat> in the early days, um, Klafuck's music neither referenced nor evoked the robotic. It's um uh, rhapsodic lyricism owed more to Schubert and Beethoven's pastoral symphony than to uh, Bauhaus or Fritz Lang. Um, which is interesting because those are definitely like German staples when it comes to pretty much entertainment in Germany. I mean, we could even talk about Metropolis. You know, it's a classic silent film, science fiction. You know, we can even get into that. I mean, that's a lot. But Schneider's flute was prominent in the instrumental palette. He also contributed keyboards, violin, slide guitar, percussion, effects, xylophone. He, he played a lot of instruments. Listening to the group's first three albums, Klafuck, Klafuck 2, Ralph and Florian, um, and knowing how its sound would evolve, it's possible to hear the flute as a kind of proto-synthesizer. The Elysian serenity of the billowing and entwining patterns on Tonsberg, and I am not pronouncing that. <laughs> Heimatklang? Heimatklang? I'm th I'm, I'm think that's correct. I'm, I'm, I, somebody who is German will let me know. <laughs> Look ahead to Eno's ambient and 90s artists like Seafield and Aphex Twin. Uh, Rucksack conversely combines overblown rasping texture and percussive propulsive riffs to sound almost like a sequencer. Like that, how do you do that shit? Like, <laughs> like bro, how you do that shit? <laughs> oh man. A small contingent of contrarian aficionados regard those three albums as the best stuff Klafuck ever did. Certainly the fascinating and beguiling mixture of music and Music concrete sound soundscape. These niggas is bougie raising their fingers talking about music concrete. And like nigga, 
NPR niggas, y'all bougie. So, <laughs> Steve Reich like systems music and idyllic ambience is ripe for rediscovery bootleg version circulated on cd in the 90s but an official reissue never happened schneider himself dismissed the interest as archaeology <laughs> it's just like ah, it's, it's, it's nothing <laughs> it's, it's, it's whatever Ah, you can go find it. <laughs> like, it's, ah, you can go find it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, at this point, I'm gonna, mm, I'm gonna take a break because we're basically halfway there, and um, we're gonna start talking about Autobahn and all that stuff. So, um, we're gonna take a quick break, and um, I'm gonna see y'all in a minute. to the Fabric to Race Musicology and we were talking about Klafuck. Um so this is where things to at least Klafuck things really get started. Klafuck might feel justifiably that its story really begins with Autobahn. That is the point in which they went from a Krautrock curio to a world historical force when a single edit of the 24 minute title track became an international hit in 1975 even then though twinkling his <laughs> twinkling guitar and wafting flute feature alongside synth pulses and drum machine autobahn offers a pastoral vision of the motorway entranced as much by the verdant landscape rolling by as the tarmac and traffic it's it's a auditory representation of flight <laughs> on pavement like that's what it sounds like bro oh okay so the metronic putter of the rhythm is steady and serene a controlled cruise that couldn't be further from the steppenwolf's highway anthem born to be wild <laughs> where most rock um imagines the, the motorized vehicle as an extension of phallic power. Klafuck were interested in the zen aspects of driving. Kind of when like your mind just completely just, you know, just your mind is at ease so much that you're almost an autopilot. That's kind of what they did there. Um, a symbiotic merger of man and machine. 
it's funny how that always comes up. Man and Machine always comes up with Kraftwerk. They have an entire album called The Man Machine. But uh, in 1975, Schneider told Melody Maker, the trance state created by Aldhoban was nothing to do with a druggy speed rush, but very clear-minded. It is like when you're driving a car, you can drive automatically without being consciously aware of what you are doing. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, a hit single in Britain, the U.S. and eight other countries, Autobahn also won Kraftwerk a famous fan. David Bowie became a vocal supporter, turning on his own audience by playing the album before concerts on his station to station tour and gushing to magazines like Playboy about how my favorite group is a German band called Kraftwerk. It plays noise music to increase productivity. <laughs> it's so German. <laughs> um, but Bowie would... Bowie. David Bowie. Sorry, I'm getting... I- I'll say... There's, so there's Bowie Merlin and there's David Bowie. Bowie would credit Autobahn with redirecting his cultural focus away from America and R&B towards Europe and electronic music, ultimately causing him to move to Berlin, where he would make the most adventurous music of his life and produce two career-changing albums of Iggy Pop, for, pretty much for Iggy Pop, The Idiot and Lust for Life. It's crazy. Um, Bowie admired the way that Kraftwerk avoided stereotypical American court sequences. That's always great. Like, you just, just, you know, yes, it's, it's different rock than you're used to, or different sounds and chord regressions that you're used to, right? So, um, <clears throat> he also loved the unrock image, something that started with Schneider and then spread it to the entire group. In its early days, Kraftwerk had resembled other Krautrock groups in their scruffy appearance and emphasis on musicianship over showmanship. That began to change with the cover of Ralph and Florian, or Ralph und Florian. Hutter still sports shoulder-length hair, an open-neck check shirt, and chemistry teacher glasses, but Schneider is dapper in an understated and out-of-time style. Neatly groomed, short hair, tie, and a suit. Um, this this presaged the look that would become Kraftwerk's trademark image. Four men with slick back short hair and identical spotless shirt and tie uniforms. Schneider also profoundly influenced Kraftwerk's direction by befriending an artist named Emil Schultz who became the group's image consultant. <laughs> so they literally got a nigga that was like, hey, y'all gonna look like this. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like, hey man, uh, y'all gonna look like this. <laughs> image consultant. The styling and packaging of Kraftwerk on stage and on record vaulted forward in coherence and impact, transforming them into fellow travelers of British glam artists like David Bowie and Roxy. Roxy Music, to be more specific, inhabiting a parallel universe of retro-futuristic chic. In the artwork of 1977, Trans-Europe Express, photography and a portrait painting by Schultz 
make Clafrock look like a trope of singer stars or singing stars from between the wars. It does. It kind of dates them a little bit, right? While the black and white video for the title track features the group in hats and leather gloves, gentlemen traveling in style in the private compartment of a 1930s train, the Man Machine from 1978 casts further back in time. It's red and black color scheme and slant-wise topography paying homage to the graphic innovations of Soviet modernists like L. Lisitsky and Malevich. The design of these Pete Klafuk albums matched the themes of the songs which evoked Fritz Lang's Metropolis. There you go. The naive excitement of electricity neon lights and bygone elegance and decadence europe endless so i said elegance because I, I had to be all fancy with it whoever wrote this shit is fucking fancy as shit anyway so <laughs> I'm like, this nigga sounds so damn bougie in this damn article yep I, I don't know i don't know man so but even as the imagery and illusions harked back to the lost futurism of the early 20th century movements like supermentism or su suprematism, I'm sorry, what the fuck? Suprematism in Bajas. The music itself pushed itself, um, pushed forward into the future. Klafuck were inventing the 80s. Like, they invented the, like, what does the 80s sound like? Um, Klafuck. <laughs> Literally, like, everything they made is what, the, like, all the synth sounds you heard in the 80s, um, that was Klafuck. <laughs> like, that, that's everything they did. Like, they set the standard, they let everybody know, hey, this is what we are. So, um, in that whole aesthetic, like it was pretty much everything they did. So <clears throat> like tears for fears and like, like, you know, um, other, there's, there's so many other bands, <laughs> just say like, everybody from the eighties, you know, um, just, man, man, it's, it's so many. I'm sitting here like, man, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, yo, it's like everybody, <laughs> just like, yo, it's like everybody. It just the whole 80s. Just say the 80s. <laughs> the whole 80s. Acoustic instruments. <clears throat> um, sorry. Before we get to the acoustic instruments, building the foundations of synth pop and sequencer propelled club music. Acoustic instruments, including Schneider's flute, were fully jettisoned. The sound pared down to the sparse purity that we associate with quote unquote classic Klafuck. Crucially, it was music stripped of individualized inflection. And personality no hint or a, a solo or even a flourish um we go beyond all this individual feel schneider told sounds we are more like vehicles autobahn <laughs> a part of our mensch machine our man machine <laughs> you see where that's going sometimes we play the music Sometimes the music plays us. Sometimes it, sometimes it just plays. It's really wild there. So this is an album I grew up on by 1981's Computer World. The subject matter, the microchip revolution, caught up with the state-of-the-art sound. Krafuk both captured the unease of the computer's potential for surveillance and disconnection, the eerie shivers of home computer, and the tender human longings meditated through the still new systems of telecommunications. Computer love. <laughs> <laughs> Lost in 
like yeah it's 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 weird because like when they sing you're like oh this kind of corny but then you you like listen to the melodies and shit you're like this shit hitting though this shit sound like a this shit sound like a, an 80s like like hip-hop ballad and shit you just like oh man especially if you're a hip-hop minded person it works for you if you're a rock minded person you're like oh these melodies are like you know these riffs are very symbolic of, of something else i've definitely heard so despite the odd dated reference pocket calculator which came about when schneider brought a musical calculator to the studio <clears throat> the album's concerns still resonate in a present wait 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 in a present in which we're even more symbiotically merged and dependent on technology they were so ahead of their time y'all like they talking about pocket calculator back when <laughs> back when it really wasn't a thing like it's crazy and pocket calculator is basically your your smartphone today it's these niggas is way they ain't even niggas but these dudes was like way ahead of their time bro like it's just for crazy so uh, by the early 80s, Clockwork had created such a force field of influence that the pop world suddenly swarmed with groups modeled on the German sound and image. The Human League. Human League is just Clockwork, Clockwork, all just Clockwork for Human League, nigga. Like, they just, their entire aesthetic originally found its path after the twin 90, 1977 revelation of hearing Transjurve Express and the Munich electronic disco of Donna Summer's Giorgio Moroder or Giorgio Moroder um, produced I Feel Love. Giorgio Moroder, like, go listen to everything he got. Just, just He had like high level disco, like, like high level disco. Um, but yeah, you, you can like, we can do the like, ooh, this is good disco. Like I could do a whole episode on like, yeah, so this is the disco stuff that wasn't considered sucky. Or we could be like, wait a minute, <laughs> disco is just something that white people were mad at because it was a ton of people that weren't white listening to it and having fun. But I can really go off on a bad try about it. Anyway, let's so this <laughs> it could really it could really get nasty in here. But um yeah, I feel love and 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 by 1981 had finally become huge international pop stars of their own right. Gary Newman, oh, mm, Gary Newman stole the Android image, and with Cars. By the way, the song Cars is so beautifully like it's a beautifully arranged song. It's one of my favorite songs. Period. I just love that song. It's it's literally one of my favorite songs ever. So <laughs> you like Gary Newman cars? Yes, Gary Newman cars. The aesthetic is just like Clafuck. Literally, it's like the suit, you know, the, the the very like dull colored makeup that's just a slight little bit lipstick. It just like it just the aesthetic is there, and the musicianship is tight, perfect yet funky. It's just how they did it, bro. So <clears throat> came up with a more neurotic take on Autobahn. Uh, formed out of the orphaned remainder of Joy Division, New Order loyally followed through on late singer Ian Curtis's love for Clafuck, forging electronic dance pop veined with, uh, with doubt and gloom. Although increasingly overshadowed by its own offspring, Clafuck managed to score a mega hit with the jaunty The Model. But being a four-year-old man-machine tune, it didn't direct attention to the group's current masterpiece, Computer World. 
nigga gotta sing it. Nigga gotta sing it. I'm sorry. This shit be hitting. Meanwhile, the most tectonic of outfits was having an implausible level of impact on black American music. This is the part, if you a hip hop head, you should be here. You should be here right here with me, right here with me. This, 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 this part you won't, you won't want to hear. Um, hatched out of the Bronx, Africa Bambada's Planet Rock had been described as the Rosetta Stone of Electro by disco historian Peter Shapiro. If so, one of the inscribed languages is German since the track in its large part of a collage of Klafuck laying the stirred chords of Trans Europe Express over synth bass groove of numbers numbers is one of the most fire ass songs numbers is so damn man that shit fucking that shit is fucking fire okay nigga if you want to hear like what hip-hop sounded like before hip-hop like really went in this direction like listen to that album okay it's so much of like that's why computer world still to this day does something for me because it is the building blocks of what hip-hop sounded like in the 80s and then we got you know then then you move on to the 90s and you move on to 2000s and then you got 2010s in the day you know it, it it's an evolution and the sounds are all stemming from Clifford. So, um, over in Detroit, Juan Atkins of Cybertron. Cybertron's another dope group. God, they make some dope shit. Like, the Cybertron self-titled album. Oh, my gosh. So, and I'm not even, like, talking about Cybertron Clear. Like, we could talk about Cybertron Clear, that that group, but they're two different groups. There's a, so, there's a, there's an Australian Cybertron, and then there's, like, the same group that made Clear, which is the sample for, um, Missy Elliott's, um, lose control you know that's that's a really well-known dance song um a really yeah really well-known like electronic song but yeah um (laughs) getting off track here but um and model 500 pioneered techno uh with tracks like cosmic cars and night drive through babylon atkins alley um derrick may described detroit techno's wintry electro funk as george clinton and clifford stuck in an elevator with only a sequencer to keep them company nigga that is a great description while their young associated carl craig pinned down the paradox of the germans appeal with his famous tautology clifford was so so stiff they will funk it nigga that's what i've been saying the whole time <laughs> that is exactly what i've been saying the whole time most surprising of all was clifford's influence in the south where i'm from where miami bass new orleans bounce and other local stop bounce music nigga bounce music <laughs> and other local styles took the clean cold electronic sound in an incongruously lavicious direction because a nigga was not gonna read them words hella fast <laughs> i know what they mean but damn nigga tongue twisting me good god how strange to think of florian schneider fan of bach and schubert my sister is a fan of bach and schubert it's crazy bach is like really hard to play by the way um a man who looked a bit like prince philip being a catalyst for generation of booty shakes like nigga look like prince philip and he's the reason why you are listening to back that ass up so i'm I'm just like 
this is exactly where the parallels are being drawn. Like, I'm, I'm being serious. This is not a joke. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. Like, that's as far as I'm going to go with it. Um, but, yeah, like, that is their prime. That is how they got started. That is their legacy. That is what makes Clafuck Clafuck. And um, you're like, damn, nigga, you are pronouncing this in the most German-ass way possible. Yes, nigga, they are one of my favorite groups. Um, in electronic music and what they've done has created like the foundation and building blocks for like all music like they're really really important and maybe sometime you should go listen to um Atobal, you know um you could go listen to um man machine you can go listen to computer world you can also listen to clafuck one and two um, the first three albums, honestly, um, and those are not really listened to as much, um, but I recommend like all six of those albums. Um, if you really want to get like the essence of what they are, um, the first three, but if you really want to get the popular dope ass shit, the second three and, um, yeah, like they are pioneers and, um, it's crazy to hear that, <clears throat> you know, a whole ass founder Florian Schneider just died last year you know he, he died like May of last year and um, it's crazy like one of the founders of like one of the like most influential groups in modern music um, met his demise not that long ago um, it, it still shows us that we're human you know today I found out that you know, Paul Jackson Sr. died. I'm just saying, like, nigga, the fuck? Like, damn, everybody died. Like, because when you're a person who likes music from all eras, it's like, damn, you're devastated all the time. Like, my sister texted me and told me Paul Jackson Sr. died. I'm sitting here like, yeah, I know. Yeah, and then the worst thing was Thundercat is the one that tweeted it, you know. Uh, I don't know if y'all listened to my Headhunters review a while ago, but yeah, like Paul Jackson Jr. Paul Jackson Jr. Um, is also popular, but Paul Jackson Sr. was originally part of that group with Herbie Hancock, Headhunters, um, and he made one of my favorite. He was part of one of my favorite albums ever. So yeah, but as you can see, <laughs> a nigga be about this shit, okay? And um, if you want to hear any more like deep dives or dope ass just like anthology pieces about classic musical artists stay tuned to the fap into rex musicology and the carolina kid podcast network and as always thank you